You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. And on Monday, I read Psalms 23 because it was the 23rd. I think that's right. I think it was Monday. Uh, Whenever the 23rd was, I read that and read through Psalms 23. And as I was finishing my reading, I felt the Lord speaking to me and kind of showing me some some wisdom and revelation on Psalms 23, and I kind of just put it on the back burner, and for the last week, I've just kind of been chewing on it and thinking on it, and the more I chewed on it, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, I think God is trying to tell me something and also trying to tell us something. And so I started kind of diving into it over the weekend, and and I came up with something that I think we're going to enjoy, and I think that we're going to learn from, and we're going to benefit over the next couple of weeks. Um, We are going to take Psalms 23, verse by verse, over the next couple of weeks, and I've just titled it the Psalms 23 series. We're just going to go through Psalms 23. We're going to go through Psalms 23, verse 1 today, but I think that there's some truths some revelations, some things that we need that can help us in this time, in this point in history, to help us go through that. And so we're going to put up uh, all of Psalms 23, and let's actually read it together. We're going to go Psalms 23, 1 through 6. It'd be helpful to get the word in your mouth like it's coming out of my mouth. And so let's just start reading. Here we go. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Last verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. So the first verse we have in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we're going to talk about, out of the six verses, I'm going to highlight and show you six different names of God that associate with each scripture. So we're going to see in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 how each scripture also references and points to a name of God. We know that God has been called many names. And so I want to highlight and show you six names through these six verses so that you can learn the name of God as well. So the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, is... His name, Jehovah, being God, Ra, R-A-A-H, Jehovah, Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. The answer is right there. His name is right there in Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. That word shepherd in the Hebrew, Ra, R-A-A-H, means to feed a flock. It means to pasture or to tend It means to delight in any person or thing. And one of the definitions, the Hebrew definitions means to be a special friend. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is there to help feed me part of his flock as a sheep. 
The Lord wants to pasture me. He wants to tend to me. The Lord wants to delight in you and me today. And the Lord, it says, the definition of shepherd, wants to be your special friend. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, if we read through the scriptures, you're going to see a trend of shepherds and sheep over and over and over again. At the very beginning of the scriptures in Genesis chapter 4, it talks about Abel. Adam and Eve had a son Cain, had a second son Abel, and that second son Abel was a shepherd, a tender of the flock. The first job after they leave the garden, Abel is tending the sheep. And it also says that he takes the best of the sheep and he offers as a sacrifice to God, which was well-pleasing to him. And remember, Cain didn't like that, wasn't a fan of it. Not only do we have the first shepherd, but we also have the, the first victim of murder. But we see he is a watcher over sheep. He sacrifices the sheep. In Genesis chapter 13, Genesis chapter 24, in different areas, we see Abraham. It references over and over again how many sheep Abraham has in his flock. He has goats. He has different animals. He has many uh, people that are helping him. So Abraham had many sheep, and sheep was also included in describing his wealth. The amount of flocks that he had, including sheep, and, and different people gave him sheep. We see throughout the Old Testament, mainly in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, that sheep were used in the sacrifice. When they sacrificed animals to the temple to remove their sins, to bring an offering to God, they would bring the best sheep that they could. And you would read in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, if you're having trouble sleeping, Go read Leviticus and read all the rules and the laws and all those things, and I guarantee you, you'll go right to sleep. But it tells you how to properly prepare and eat the Passover meal, the Passover lamb. Over and over, we see these, these, these things when it comes to sheep, how God has sheep as something that's important. King David, who wrote Psalms 23, was a shepherd in 1 Samuel verse 17. When he's about to go fight Goliath, he's talking to King Saul. And he tells King Saul, I used to be a shepherd to my father's flock. And when a bear came up, I killed it. And when wolves came up, I killed it. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who's going to run his mouth against my God? If God was with me with the bear and God was with me with the wolves and God was with me protecting the sheep, then he'll protect me against this non-covenant having God-hating man. And he picked up a couple stones Rest is history. The man after God's own heart was one who watched over sheep. In Luke chapter 2, shepherds were the first ones to be notified that Jesus came to earth. Joseph, Mary, they go to the stable, they have the baby. And the angels could have shown up to anyone at any time. Remember, King Herod is looking for this baby. He's heard about it. He's hearing that there's a baby going to be born. He could have shown up to the people 
the rich people. He could have shown up to the kings and queens, but he showed up to the shepherds first. And the angel showed up and said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Emmanuel has shown up. The first people who were notified were shepherds. Jesus himself, and we'll talk about it later on in John chapter 10, Jesus identifies and calls himself a shepherd to the sheep. We'll also see in Revelations and talks about in Isaiah as well, and even in John, Jesus is also known as a lamb. And then Jesus, who is the head of the church, who is Uh, the CEO and president of the church, he's building the church. He decides to give gifts to the church in Ephesians chapter 4, and he gives them the five-fold ministry. And one of those that he gives in the five-fold ministry, you have apostles, you have prophets, you have evangelists, you have preachers, you have teachers, and one of those gifts is a preacher, and the Greek word for preacher, guess what it is? Shepherd. That one of the gifts that Jesus gives to the church to help lead and guide the local church is a pastor also known as a shepherd. This is why it's so important to find the right pastor and be in the right church. Because just like what the angels did when they came to the city, they went to the shepherds first and announced that Jesus was coming. So just like in any city, the pastors should be the ones that are hearing God when something's coming to our town. The angels showed up to the shepherds and announced that Jesus was coming. There was a change coming to the city, and it's our responsibility as pastors, as shepherds over the flocks of these communities to be constantly listening to God so that we can hear what's coming to our town. No, 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 sickness and disease isn't coming to this community. Death isn't coming to this community. Failure isn't coming to this community. So we see how important shepherds and sheep are to Jesus and to God. It's, it's literally littered throughout the Bible that you see shepherds, sheep, references of that over and over and over again. But we know that the devil likes to contort, twist, make things that God love, make it look disgusting, ugly on this earth. He likes to be the author of confusion and change things. But we know, and I I preached about it a long time ago, I don't know if you remember, but I, I preached a series called Upside Down, where there are things that God says, that Jesus said, that are contrary to what the world believes and what the world says. How God sees sheep is different than how people in the world see sheep. You see, in 1945, there was a word that was uttered called sheeple. In 2017, it got added to the dictionary finally. And you now, more than ever in the world of conspiracy theories, have probably heard, and if you're on social media for any amount of time, you can scroll through and see someone say something along the lines of the word sheeple or pictures of sheep. And the definition of sheeple is people who are docile, people who are compliant or easily influenced, people likened to sheep in being meek, conforming, or easily led. 
this word has entered into our vernacular. It's entered into our culture. It's entered in to where all of a sudden the world out there is now telling us being a sheep is bad. Being a sheep is wrong. You just follow what everybody says. You just do whatever everybody else does. You're easily led. You don't have a brain. Sheeple. But here in the body of Christ, here in the church, here in the scriptures, thank God that I'm a sheep. Because thank God, if I'm a sheep, then that means there's a shepherd. And if that means there's a shepherd, that means there's somebody that is looking out for me, that is protecting me, that is feeding me, that is helping me. The world out there wants to make being called a sheep a mockery. Isn't it just like the devil, the author of confusion, the father of lies, to twist something, a truth, a teaching that we as the church so desperately need on this earth. But we're not sheeple, not you, not me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I want you to know today that we're all following someone or something But the decision has to be made first in our lives that God will be our shepherd. Once that decision is made to allow the Lord to lead you and let him be your shepherd, then the benefits and the blessings of Psalm 23 will follow and manifest in your life. Psalms 23 starts with the statement, the Lord is my shepherd. David makes that assertion. David makes that statement. He he stands there in faith. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he made that statement, everything we talk about, the rest of Psalm 23, is a blessing and a benefit from God once you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Once you make him your shepherd. Once you believe that he is leading and guiding you, then the very first benefit, we'll talk about it here shortly, is I shall not want And then verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6. Verse 2 through 6 does not happen until you make the decision who you're going to follow or who you're following right now. And David, the writer of this psalms, makes it very easy for you. He starts at the very beginning of this song, the very beginning of this passage, making the declaration and encouraging you to make the same declaration. The Lord is your shepherd. And once you believe that by faith and you confess that, then the rest of the benefits and the blessings of being a part of his sheep and a part of his fold follows after that. Verses 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Let's look at some shepherding scriptures. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Talked about Isaiah a lot. He's a messianic prophet who's talking about Jesus to come. He's back during the Old Testament days. He makes this statement. He, see it being capitalized, talking about Jesus, talking about the Messiah to come. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Look at what Jesus wants to do to you. If you're hurting today, if you're struggling today, if you feel like you're a baby Christian and you don't know what you're doing, you're just trying to figure out this walk in life, if you've been in church for 40, 50 years, you've been serving forever, 
He wants to feed you today. It's his heart. It's his goal. It's his purpose. He wants to feed you. He wants to gather you. He wants to bring us together. The world out there is trying to pull the Christians apart, but no, he wants to gather us together because he knows that we are dangerous when we come together. Acts chapter 2 is very, very clear about that. When they were in one accord, all sitting in there with one mindset, the Holy Spirit showed up. And not only did it just stay in that room, but it filtered out into the whole town and 5,000 people get saved because of it because the devil knows that when we come together together, We have all the authority and power, and we can change not just a church, but a whole community, not just a whole community, but a whole state, not just the whole state, but the whole nation, and we can shake this whole world if we were more unified, and Jesus is constantly trying to gather us together and keep us close to him. He wants us to hear his heartbeat, hear what he loves, and he wants to gently lead those who are young. He wants to tell you where to go and help you. In your own time, you can read Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34 is another passage that talks about God being a shepherd. We don't have time to dive into that. Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 through 25. You've probably heard this scripture before. If not, you should hear it, quote it, enjoy it. Who himself, here's the gospel message, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness. Thank you, God. By whose stripes you were already healed. Look at this, verse 25. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned. Look at that. S is capitalized, so here's another name of Jesus. You have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. We understand that sheep aren't the smartest that are out there. They like to run around. They like to get lost. They like to get stuck in the bushes. But thank God that we have the shepherd. Thank God that we have the overseer of our soul who is leading us, who is feeding us, who is carrying us, who is trying to bring us all together the overseer of our souls. Revelations chapter 7, verses 16 and 17. We're just going to dive right into Revelation 7 and look at this passage. God is speaking as John is writing, as he's seeing these visions. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. Us in South Carolina can't wait to get to heaven. The sun's not going to strike us anymore. For look at this, verse 17. For the Lamb, that L is capitalized, we're talking about Jesus. We've got another name for Jesus, who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and lead them to the living fountains of water. And look at this. For those who are hurting today, those who are struggling, and God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Look at this. Even when we get to heaven, Jesus is still going to be our shepherd. He's still going to be our shepherd. He's still going to be leading us and guiding us and helping us. He's still going to be there for us. But I love this. Jesus is not only the shepherd. That scripture shows us he's also a lamb. And he understands what it's like to be a lamb. In Hebrews, it says he was just like us. He was tempted in every way, but without sin, he overcame it. He's not affected by those things. 
He was touched by those things on this earth, so he knows what it's like to be a sheep. He discipled sheep. You remember when he's in the garden and he's praying and he tells them before, hey, y'all are going to run away from me. And they say, no, we're not. We got swords. We're going to defend you. We're going to help you. He said, if you strike the leader, the rest are going to run. And everybody showed up to take Jesus and all of his disciples. The sheep scattered. It says in the scriptures that there was one who had a robe on and they grabbed his robe and his clothes came off and he was completely naked and he took off running. Jesus was a sheep, but he's also known as the lion and the lamb, the one who was slain before the foundations of the earth. He knows what it's like to be a shepherd, but he also knows what it's like to be you and be a sheep. He knows what it's like on this earth, so therefore he has empathy. Therefore he has, that's why he's the mediator. That's why it says in 1 Timothy, he's the mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. He can tell God, I was like that. I was hurting. I saw my friend Lazarus dead. I saw the pain in my disciples' eyes. I saw the pain in my mother's eyes. I saw the hurt and the sickness and the disease. I saw people who were demon-oppressed. Father, I saw the pain, but you sent me to heal them and to heal the brokenhearted and to cast out the devils and to heal the sick and to raise the dead. I know what it's like. It says he's up there interceding for us because, boy, do we need prayer right now because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, I quote this scripture all the time. And they, being us, overcame him, being the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. How do we overcome that dumb devil? By the blood of that Lamb who was sacrificed on a cross. And by the words of our testimony, the authority that Jesus gave us, the word of his gospel being spoken out is how we beat that dumb devil. Just like Jesus beat him in the wilderness. Well, if you're hungry, turn the, bro- the, the rocks to bread. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone. Every time the devil came at him, he just threw a scripture at him. And after three scriptures, the devil left. After three scriptures, the devil left. How important is it for us to know scripture? Say and speak those scriptures. We've overcome that devil by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Your testimony is not just what you got saved out of, but what you got brought into as well. You start speaking and declaring what your future looks like according to the word of God. I might not feel good right now in my body, but by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. I'm going to be healed tomorrow. God is going to move in my situation. My testimony is, yes, he saved me out of something, but thank God he's bringing me into something. My future is bright. The world says the future's falling apart, but not my world, not my family, not my church. Amen. Sorry if I'm going to preach a little happy today. It's not up there, but I'm just going to read it to you. In Revelations 5, verses 12 and 13, it says that the angels are declaring and singing this in heaven right now. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive all power and all riches and all wisdom and all strength and all honor and all glory 
and all blessing. And in verse 13, it says, everyone in heaven is singing this song as well. Blessing and honor and glory and power be him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever and ever. That in heaven they see Jesus as a lamb. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If I'm being honest, in the original text, if you look at your Bible, I don't know if all Bibles have it, but in Psalms 23, that word is should actually be italicized. And if the word is italicized in your Bible, that means it wasn't in the original text. It means that uh, they were just trying to make the sentence work in how it was set up in the English language. And so they'll italicize these words in your Bible, which means it wasn't in the original text. So what's, what David actually said is a statement of faith, the Lord, my shepherd, the Lord, my shepherd. It's different than the Lord is my shepherd. He's making a statement. He's not going to be, or maybe he will. Is he going to show up? Is no, no, no. Right now in this moment, the Lord, my shepherd, that's what I need. I need someone to lead me. I need someone to guide me. I need someone to be my friend. I need someone to tend to me, to feed me. The Lord, my shepherd, is who is with me right now. You have to decide who is your shepherd? You have to decide who's shepherding your life right now. Whether you like it or not, someone or something is leading and guiding you in your life. It could be your spouse, could be your relationship, it could be your kids, could be your finances, could be social media, could be your certain political party, could be the government. But someone or something is lighting, leading and guiding your life, whether you like it or not. You are being led and guided by something in your life. You have a purpose. You have a goal. You're trying to go somewhere. You're trying to do something. You're listening to somebody. And I'm telling you right now that you should be listening to only the Lord, your shepherd. He has the best interest in mind for you. He wants to lead you and guide you. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. Jesus is the truth. His name is the truth. So it's something that you have to look at in your own life. Who is leading me? Who am I following? We're all following somebody. We're all being led by somebody. And when you answer that question, hopefully it's the Lord. And if it's not the Lord, today is the perfect day to make that declaration that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Are you ready and have you already submitted to your shepherd so he can feed you, so he can tend to you, so he can be your friend and that you can let him delight in you. We're almost done. I want to read in John chapter 10. You can go and read the full passage. Uh, but I want to pick out three scriptures in John chapter 10. Where Jesus is talking about being a shepherd. This is what he is speaking over you. This is what he wants to do. This is his heart for his sheep. And you being a sheep, Jesus makes a statement. I am the good shepherd. Not all shepherds are good. I'm pretty sure there's some that beat their sheep a little bit more than others, get angry at their sheep, yell at their sheep. But Jesus makes a statement, I am the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, gives his life completely. Look at verse 14, jumping down three scriptures. 
Just in case you didn't know, Jesus repeats himself. And anytime you see something repeated over and over in the scriptures, you should take a step back and understand that God is trying to speak something. Jesus is trying to say something. The scriptures is trying to say something. When it repeats itself over and over and over again, that means there's something that's trying to get in your head. Faith comes by hearing and hearing in the word of God. So when you see a statement over and over and over again, then you should be, hey, wait a second. What's God trying to say here? Look at Jesus saying again. In case you didn't know, three scriptures ago, I just said it. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep. And I am known by my own. So that means not only does he know you, but you also know him. Look at the relationship there. Not only is he speaking to his sheep, but he wants to hear his sheep speak back to him. He wants to be known by you because he knows you. But remember in the scriptures, God made the choice in the new covenant that he says, I want to know my people. I want to know you every which way. But he says, I choose to not know your sins anymore. God wants to know you so much, but the one thing that he chooses to forget about you when you say yes to Jesus is your sins. But he wants to know you in every other way. He wants to know what hurts you. He wants to know your heart. He wants to know your thoughts. He wants to know what you're saying. He wants to know what you believe. He wants to know when you're disappointed. He wants to know you and be known by you. Verse 27, we're jumping down again. Look at this. He makes the statement. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You might have the question today, or you might have the thought process of, I, I've never heard God speak. I don't know if God wants to talk to me. I don't think God likes me enough to talk to me. I don't know what his voice sounds like. Look at what Jesus says. Go back. My sheep hear my voice. Jesus makes the statement, if you are his sheep, you will hear his voice. He will make it known to you. He will speak to you because he wants you to know him, and he wants to know you. And how can you follow him if you don't hear his voice? If a shepherd just took off walking with a hundred sheep behind him and didn't say anything, would they follow? They might. But what if he started yelling? Hey, come this way. Come this way. Food's this way. Come on. Come on. I put food in my dog's bowl, and I can whistle, and he'll come running. I can whistle before I ever put food, and here he comes because he knows my voice. We have a cat now trying to get him to kill the snakes around our house. He killed a gecko, so we're getting there. He's, tra he's training. But I can call him. He hears my voice, and he comes. Dumb cat, dumb dog, but they recognize my voice. My daughter, my almost two-year-old daughter, we go out to feed Buck. We stand on the front porch, and I'll pour his food, and I'll say, all right, Liza, call him. And she'll say, Bucky. His name's Buck. Bucky. And you hear him taken off, running through the bushes, coming to come get the food because he knows my voice, he hears it, and he follows me. If you're doubting that God doesn't want to speak to you, know without a shadow of a date that God wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear his voice today. And I'm finishing with this. We're going to fly through it. 
I got two minutes. Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. As soon as you make that understanding in your heart that the Lord is your shepherd, immediately, immediately, before we even get to the second verse, there's a benefit, I shall not want. The first benefit and blessing that we see that the shepherd wants to bestow upon the sheep is immediately after, it doesn't say, go to church, the Lord is my shepherd, go to church, the Lord is my shepherd, get baptized, give this amount of money to the church, make sure you pray, make sure you get all your sins out of your life. No, no, the Lord is my shepherd. You make that decision, you make that declaration, immediately the shepherd shows up and says, okay, my sheep's not going to want. That word want in the Hebrew, I don't even know how to pronounce it, hasir, H-A-S-E-R, is in the Hebrew, and it means to lack, it means to fail, it means to decrease, it means to make lower, it means to be devoid of anything, it means to be without, it means to suffer, it means to be wanting. Before the shepherd, all those things are true in your life. That there's a wanting inside of you. There's a need for something greater. The call that you want to increase, but you don't know how. But the Lord is my shepherd. And God says, as soon as you call me your shepherd, you're not going to want ever again. You're not going to have lack ever again. We know this scripture. We talk about it all the time. Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your needs, not according to your bank account, but according to his riches, where he has a cattle on a thousand hills, where he has streets paved with gold in glory by Christ Jesus. The shepherd, listen to this, the shepherd does not feed or take care of the sheep based on what the sheep have to offer him. The shepherd is not meeting the needs of the sheep based on what the sheep bring to him. The shepherd meets the need of the sheep based on what the shepherd has. And the shepherd has all the property. He has all the land. He knows where the good food is. He knows where the brook and the water is. And so he's going to meet the needs of the sheep according to his riches and his glory through Christ Jesus. God's going to take care of you based on what he's got, not based on what you've got, because he's the shepherd. And Jesus has been the lamb, and he knows what it's like on this earth. He knows the needs that we have. So he goes back up to heaven, and he says, God, this is what they need. And God says, well, based on what you did, let's give them, empty the banks. Let's give them what we got. So I looked online, all those definitions I just read, I looked at antonyms, the opposite of those. So instead of having lack, you have all sufficiency. Jesus being your shepherd, instead of failing, you win. Instead of decreasing, you increase. Instead of being made lower, you go higher. Instead of being devoid of anything, you are abounding in everything. Instead of being without, you are lavishly full. Instead of suffering, you triumph. And instead of to be wanting, you are abounding generously now that you're a sheep in the shepherd's fold. And the last scripture I have is in Hebrews chapter 13. I'm finishing with this. It's a prayer that I pray over you now. Look at this. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. There's that gospel message again. Look at this. That the great shepherd of the sheep, 
through the blood of the everlasting covenant. It's not changing. It's not going anywhere. As soon as you sign into that covenant, you are in there forever. Look at this. Make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, whom be glory forever and amen. That the shepherd of the sheep is working to make you complete in every good work. But why? So that you can do his will. He's called you. He's got a purpose for you on this earth. He wants you to go and do something. And he's also working in you what is well-pleasing. Sometimes that might be a little correction. We'll see that, the rod and the staff. You're going this way, and there's the cliff. And he's going to say, nope, come on, nope, come on, buddy, come on. My daughter runs toward the road. I just don't let her go. Well, she's got to learn today. I mean, it's, it's dangerous. How else is she going to learn? No, I'm the shepherd. What are you doing? Come here. Come back here. No, 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 we're not doing that. He wants to take care of you. He wants to help you in every good work to do his will. Amen? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Next week, we will talk about Psalms 23, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Let's stand up as we get ready to go and head out. Father, we thank you, the great shepherd and overseer of our soul, the great shepherd of the sheep, the lion and the lamb. Father, today we say worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb who was slain. May all glory, may all power May all dominion, may all authority, may all blessing be placed at your feet, Lamb. Father, we declare today in our lives that you are our shepherd. That you are our shepherd. That you are our shepherd. I don't know where you are in your walk with God today, but I think it would be a perfect time for us to pray together and if you haven't made him the shepherd over your life, then today's the day to make him the shepherd over your life. And so let's all repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to be my shepherd. I believe that you died for my sins. You were buried in a tomb. And you rose again the third day. Father, be my shepherd. Guide me as your sheep. I receive all blessings and benefits of the new covenant that you paid for me. And I know that at the end of my life, when I close my eyes, I will open and see my shepherd, my savior, my Messiah, my friend. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you that they're blessed and highly favored. I thank you that by Jesus' stripes they are healed. Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Father, I thank you that everything they put their hands to must prosper. Father, I thank you that they have the mind of Christ, that they are the salt and light of the earth, and they refuse to be hidden. Father, this week, use us to go out and tell people about this shepherd. And Father, bring the people back safely to the women's Bible study or the men's Bible study or next Sunday when we meet together. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day. Take care, family.
Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.